sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Hour number two as we slide into a holiday weekend. Okay, just programming note, right? We'll see a pro football today, tomorrow morning, because we do have Thanksgiving slate of football. We'll have in-game live, right? But unfortunately, you will not see another normal edition of the early line with the candle burner and the spitting statistician until next Monday. So, you know, we wish everybody out there, all the people who wake up early with us to get on the grid, we hope you have a happy and safe holiday. Kev, we got to look, though, because by the time we talk again on Monday, Kev, can you imagine the changes in the NBA landscape that may be happening with the movement and the signings and the deals that may take place over the next five days? And we did get some news, I guess, over the last 24 hours. For me, Kev, the New Orleans Pelicans are throwing out some money, right? Obviously, first, Steven Adams, who I think is interesting there in the middle as a veteran with some of these kids, playoff experience. If the style of ball gets a little bit more condensed than half court, he certainly can do his thing there. He signs a two-year, $35 million extension, Stephen Adams. But the real money the Pelicans were giving out was to the most improved player of the year last year, Brandon Ingram. He gets a max, Kev. What do you think about that? I think the New Orleans Pelicans are one of the more interesting teams of the offseason. We know that they dealt away Drew Holiday, and they're looking to you know, get themselves set up for the future, which is a wise decision, but also they were a team that people thought could make the playoffs last year had they had Zion healthy for the full season. Right. Then they, we entered the bubble, and they were supposed to make the playoffs out of the bubble. They were supposed to do what the Blazers did, but it was a complete disaster. Alvin Gentry became one of those guys that got fired for his bubble performance. And Stan Van Gundy is now the coach of this basketball team. I, I mean, that is a, you want to talk about something that got lost in the weeds. It's SVG right. returning to hoops and now being the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. Brandon Ingram deserves every single one of those dollars with how well he performed last season. Okay. I'm excited to watch him continue to grow. But we all know that Brandon Ingram is not the, the straw that stirs this New Orleans drink. It's going to be Zion Williamson. And there are questions about whether Steven Adams is the type of big you want to pin next to Zion. Someone oh, really? that does not space I thought it would be good. Floor. I thought it would be good because like, Adams can do all the dirty work, though, for Zion and let him be the highlight reel that he is. So you really need Zion. Yeah, yeah you, you do, because Zion's going to operate in the dead center of the paint. That's where he is at his most lethal. So in an ideal world, it's a Brook Lopez type of center that's next to Zion. Zion's a great rebounder. Brandon Ingram checks in at about 6'10". Anyway, Lonzo's a massive guard. This team should be able to rebound the basketball. Eric Bledsoe is also another good rebounding guard. Steven Adams, you know, and look, Steven Adams has his value. But as far as the perfect center to play next to Zion, I don't believe he fits that description. And you don't want to stunt his growth. Now, it's it's not a massive amount of money. New Orleans can kind of do whatever they want right now because they have all these picks. They're young. I get it. But when we talk through, Dane, the list of teams out West that would love a spot in the playoffs, I think the Pelicans still fit that description 
And I just don't know what to make of this roster Some in some ways. They trade and they get Eric Bledsoe back. They drafted a rookie point guard and Kira right. Lewis at 13. Lonzo is still there. There's just a lot of things about this roster that I don't know how it's going to play out, but I am interested. So let me ask you this, because I feel like, you know, we've even said this before. Like, I feel like we're having the exact same conversation with, like, seven different teams in the West, Kev. Yep. Right? Like, that you're excited about them, that they have the pieces, what have you, as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country. Thank you for getting on the grid very early with us, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh here on the early line. But, right, Kev, haven't we said that about so many teams in the West that we like their pieces, that the arrow is pointing up? So let me ask you this. Let's put... Let's plant a flag, bro. Uh, the Western Conference odds, which is something that I know that we have looked at before, something that I think we have. I know you also believe, right, and I'm not here to disparage you, that the Los Angeles Lakers got even better, right? Schroeder, Harrell, now with the crew. So I'll even have that be the premise, right? Like, okay, the Lakers are deserving favorites. They're defending champions, all that yeah. stuff, right? The depth is there to allow LeBron to, you know, manage whatever he needs to. Fine. Mm -hmm. Talk to me in terms of, like, serious threats to the Lakers and value given, like, kind of what their odds are, let's say, here in the, uh, in the Western Conference. So if we have those odds, I'd like to put them up. But let's talk about... Who are those teams right underneath, right? Uh, what do we think? Golden State is down clay now, right? Houston, Denver, Portland, the Clippers, even lower to teams like the Mavs with a potential MVP candidate. All these young, exciting teams, right? Phoenix, Memphis, and the like. Where's the value in the Western Conference odds? You know, I think it's really interesting, but the kind of the premise of the conversation that we're introducing here from the from when we go from the Pelicans to who can contend from the Lakers, there are just different kind of teams in the West. So the Lakers right. are your favorites, right? And the Clippers yeah. are a title or bust group. Denver needs to get back to the conference finals. The Rockets fit that description. Those are the expectation for the Warriors, right? The Jazz and the Mavericks and the Blazers would all love to get themselves to that tier as well. And I right. think, you know, if you put 10 people down, Every, at least one person will pick one of those teams to fit the group of a genuine contender. But then the back end, Phoenix wants in the mix. Minnesota wants in the mix. The Pelicans yeah. want in the mix. Does anybody think Memphis is trying to not capitalize on all of the growth that they made last year? Is Pop going to tap out? The only Portland two teams the I haven't named. I know. Really, the only yeah. two teams I haven't named are the Thunder, who still have some legitimate pieces, and the Sacramento King. So if we've got 15 teams, at best, we're going to eliminate three before the season when we talk about make-miss playoffs. Very, yeah. very interesting. All right, when we come back on the other side, let's try to eliminate some more and kind of, you know, sharpen the knives on this a little bit when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge. And, Kev, you're right. We've talked about this Western Conference with all the dogs in the fight and some of these kids wanting a seat at the table. Meanwhile, the king is still there as the defending champ. So, you know, let me ask you kind of – here's the way I want to do it, okay, Kev? I'm going to name you a team in the Western Conference, and you tell me, are they legitimate threat, right? Okay. Um, a team that, like – yeah, they'll win a play. They could win a playoff series, but not a legitimate threat, right? Or they're kind of gonna still need some time. You know what I mean? Like three categories: the real threats to the Lakers, the ones that all right, they'll be in the playoffs. They may even win a series, but still, no, can't contend against like the Lakers. And then you know that third tier. Okay, um, go ahead. What's up, Kev? I want to say this as we enter this conversation, though. Yeah. The one thing about the West. That And it might be me, and I'm wondering how you view this just before we start this. Yeah, yeah, I feel as if right now I, and maybe mistakenly, view the Clippers as the only team that can beat the Lakers, but I think there's like nine teams that can beat the Clippers. Okay. Good clarification. I I, I don't know. I want to hear what you say. I got a couple teams I think can hang. I want to see if we're on the same page. The first team I'll suggest to you, um, I will suggest to you the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks, you think Luke is going to win the MVP, right? You've been saying he might be a top choice for the MVP. If I'm looking for teams, Kev, I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth. I'm looking with teams that... You know, it's going to be because of the evolution, the escalation of some players out there, right? Like, Luke is going to get even better. Or, like, Jason Tatum out east is going to get even better, right? So, Dallas, their only path is if Luka is otherworldly. Do they have enough? I think they do. I think you have to, one, anytime someone has a top-five player in the league, give them a shot. Ah. Will Luka finish this season as a top-five player based on last year? Good shot. Good shot he does. Their draft night was glorious. Josh Richardson trade from Philly, loved it. The draft pick, Josh Green in round one, Tyrell Terry in round two, maybe even better than the selection in round one. Signed Willie Cauley-Stein off the crap he, uh, you know, the, the and possibly can come in and contribute. And I really, really like Chris Stapps. With Luka Doncic, as long as Chris Stapps is healthy, we lost him Which in Which is Clippers. a big if. Dane, Dane. They might have beat the Clippers. I know. They might have beat the Clippers in that series, right? So I really do believe that Chris Stapp's ability to stay healthy. He had he got shut down for surgery. If Chris Stapps is healthy, this Mavericks team is live. Carlisle's still been viewed as one of the better coaches in the league with a step forward from Luka and these contributors coming more into the fold. I like okay. what the Mavericks are selling. So the Mavs are, let's put it this way, uh, it sounds like you buy the Mavs as a legitimate contender for the Western Conference Finals, right? Maybe against sure. the Lakers, okay? Uh, what about the team that we consistently disrespect that were in that spot last year? What about the Denver Nuggets, Kev? I see them as like the fourth or fifth choice. Are they live for a return to the Western Conference Finals? Like Murray and Jokic prove they can get there. Can they take like another step forward? I worry a little bit about Denver Ain't because that a, they lost. We worry about here's, them here's, all the time. Here's, here's what I worry about with Denver. Here's what I worry <laughs> about. Last year, they went up against the Lakers. And they were competitive. But after five games... It certainly feels like we can say the Lakers were a notch above that team. So what you would have liked to see from Denver was an awesome offseason. Let's rebound. Let's bring in some pieces. This was a team that was linked to Drew Holiday 
quite a bit. Now, they were never going to be able to top that Milwaukee offer. That's not their fault. But instead, not only did they not get Drew Holiday, they watched Jeremy Grant. Dane, you know, you love this Denver mm-hmm. team, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. One of the big reasons was what Grant started to put forward. Jeremy Grant was the best player in a game in the series that featured A.D. LeBron, Jamal Murray, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Nikola Jokic. It's a well, real $20 million a year, though. He got $20 million a no, year. No. He's happy about that. <laughs> no, But Denver offered him the same amount of money. He chose Detroit to try and maybe be a lead scorer. That had to be a gut punch for Denver. And I just wonder if this Nuggets team, who, again, similar, we talk about, you know, the quick turnarounds. It's a quick turnaround. The roster didn't improve in the ways that they wanted to. If they stumbled out of the blocks, could it be a little bit difficult? But I will say, this could go the other way. What the Jamal Murray bubble version, if he shows up into the regular season, then yeah, they're going to be ready to roll. They'll get Will Barton back. They were able to bring Jermichael Green in to possibly replace Jeremy Grant. I don't think they're apples to apples. And here's the biggest thing, Dane. Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, baby. Those two yeah. players need to step Have up room to go. and be consistent contributors. Yeah. All right, fair enough. You know, we only got a couple minutes left. Let me ask you kind of in concert, you know, these Pelicans you're talking about, the Portland Trailblazers, who I think had a really good offseason, you know, John Morant and that young core in Memphis. Who do you like best out of that group to maybe, you know, win a win a first round series and be one of the final four in the West? So I strongly believe that Portland is inaccurately grouped in with those teams. And I don't mean by you. I know you're going off of where the odds position them. Sure. Well, we had this conversation yesterday. Portland belongs in a different tier. Closer to the Mavericks and the Nuggets. That's my belief. Huh. Of those of those teams, I don't think any of them can really get to the Western Conference Finals. I will say the Memphis Grizzlies, to me, are one of the most interesting teams on the year. Because yeah. they made this this run, they were going to be into the NBA playoffs, and then the bubble was tough to them, and they lost Jaron Jackson Jr., we all know, and they couldn't get there. But it was John Morant's rookie season, and there's yeah. so much that they're going to want to build off of. But they also made those trades at the deadline, sending out Jay Crowder, and maybe that was not the move that that team should have made. Maybe they should have done everything they could, should have been tr- you know, buying instead of selling, yeah. right? I think the Memphis Grizzlies are kind of one of those teams we're going to forget about when we talk Western Conference playoff teams. They lost in the sauce. And we really, really shouldn't because they're going to have a lot of fight in them because they probably feel like they were robbed a little bit by not getting that one-versus-eight matchup dance with the Lakers. No, I hear you, but just look at it. This is the point, right? You're saying, like, Portland should be in that top four with, like, the Lakers, maybe the Clippers. You put the Mavericks in there. You like what Memphis is doing, right? You talk about, you know, some Denver, uh, we think is at least a playoff team. We haven't even talked about the Golden State Warriors. We haven't even yeah. talked about the Houston Rockets, right? We haven't even talked about other, you know, young up-and-coming teams. The Suns have done a lot in the offseason. Season. The number one pick, Anthony Edwards, could form a big three in Minnesota, all to the point, right? Um, there's a jumbled mess. Kev, let me ask you just point blank. If the Lakers were not involved, right, um, whatever happens that you accept and you know where I go, like, you know, something horrible happens, whatever. If the Lakers are off the map, right, something bad happened, you know, they get a COVID, out, a COVID outbreak, right? Okay. If the Lakers are not there. 
Mm-hmm. Who do you like best in the Western Conference? Like, who, who plant a flag on a non-Lakers team in the Western Conference, Kev? I'm going with the Houston Rockets. I, I am. Tell me why. I, I know. They're going to be uncomfortable, though, Kev. They're going to be uncomfortable. I just don't. Man, I, and I, I, I might be a real fool for this. There's something about Harden that I want to believe in. And I got to think that if this guy is told you're here, we got DeMarcus Cousins, we got Christian Wood, Russ is here. You wanted Russ. You make this thing work. Go be the MVP. Go. You think you're the best player in the league. Giannis, he doesn't even know how to play real basketball. He's just a seven-footer that dunks. Prove it. Step up and prove it. That team last year I think could have beat any team in the West. And, and if they could have beat the Miami Heat had they gotten to the finals, they couldn't beat the Lakers. Yet they were supposed to be perfectly constructed to beat the Lakers. Maybe they were undefeated doing what they were supposed to do oh, while yeah. constructed God. that way, right? God, I mean, I, I love that. I couldn't love that series anymore. This team was hitting 50% at three and still finding a way to lose. It was one of yeah. I've never seen two people be more correct at the same time than me and you when it came to that series. I absolutely adored every single aspect of it. And I don't. Are the Clippers better? Probably. Do I love what Portland's bringing to the table? Yes. But you want me to plant the flag here in November? I'm just going to go a little bit off the beaten path with a team that everybody's being left for dead. And I think there's some sauce here with the Houston Rockets. It's going to be very interesting. Remember, by the next time there is an early line, some of these key players may be wearing different uniforms. We turn our attention to Thanksgiving football when we come back after our news update. We got games. First place in the NFC East is on the line tomorrow. We got to talk about it here on the early line, giving you the edge after the sports update. Get caught up by everything from Chris Welsh, and then we'll be back breaking down three games. We think there's three games. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Big shout-out to all of our radio affiliates who are joining the party on the day before Thanksgiving as we now take a look at the Thanksgiving games in the NFL. We will not be on air for the early line Thursday or Friday. We'll talk more on Monday. And, Kev, we're going to have to figure out all that NBA movement that is likely going to happen in the next five days. So we turn our attention to football. And let's go uh, in chronological order, right, because the appetizers are just that and then the main course happens later on in the day so we start with the traditional gaming the detroit lions host an opponent this year it's the houston texans the lions are home turkeys home dogs of three points the total is 51 and a half now these detroit lions kev they didn't score a point They didn't score a point last week against a Carolina defense that is nothing to write home about. Matt Stafford gritted it through. He didn't have Kenny Galladay. He didn't have Swift. I don't think he's going to have Galladay. Swift is still, you know, working through the protocol. We'll get an update on that. You know, Kev, Deshaun Watson was amazing, right, last week against New England. And Deshaun Watson Mm -hmm. can be amazing at any given time. (laughs) At any given time. 
I got to tell you the truth, though, and I know this is going to sound ugly, but I've got two trends here. One, the home dog. You know it's at 60% against the spread so far this season. Does Detroit bow up in their national uh, TV spot? And you know how I like the close your eyes special against a team that underperformed by more than 21 points in the previous week. Remember, the Lions were road favorites going into that one by, I believe, two or three points. So the fact that they lost by 20 would qualify for a close your nose special along with a home dog i don't have anything scientific to say except the gut that the trends will come in and i should just take detroit on the bounce back spot i know deshaun watson is kind of you know can do it all and make me look real foolish but if he doesn't you know maybe i go with these trends i i, I don't feel good about it but i think i'm leaning with the lions plus three at home so i know how this works all right i, I know that this is it's the first game we all just watched the text yeah. the pats the lions embarrassed themselves and we're supposed to come back to the lions let's not overreact let's be smart let's be smart yeah. we need to put that lions performance in perspective okay. they were shut out by the carolina panthers they only sure the second team <laughs> all year that has been shut out the new york jets in miami Okay, that's a, and that's a legitimate defense. Detroit shut out by the Carolina Panthers. So ask yourself this. Well, why would that happen? Was there a reason? Was it just a bad performance? No Kenny Galladay. No Danny Amendola. No DeAndre Swift. Matt Stafford's thumb is all messed up. Yeah. If all four of those things are true, going into this game against Detroit, I don't care about being the sharp knife in the draw. I'm going to take the Houston Texans. I don't care. I understand how this works. You're supposed to come back to Detroit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a reason that that all got messed up last week, right? There's a reason they got shut out. They didn't lose tight to Carolina. No, no, no. They were blown out. P.J. Walker threw two picks on the five-yard line, okay? That thing sure. could have been 35 nothing. It, it sure. could have been real ugly. I, well, you know, close your eyes specials when you underperform by 21. If you underperform yeah. by, you know, 35, is that close every single orifice of your body? Like, Maybe. <laughs> for me, when it, like, the over-under here is 51 and a half. Right. I can't get involved in a total because I understand why the Lions played that poorly. And so if those four things all hold true, uh-huh. I can't go against it. Okay, that's fair, right? And so you're saying there's the context, there's the reason, they're compromised, they're they're a dumpster fire, right? So yeah. I look at this total then. Fine. Maybe you don't want to back Detroit in the kind of bounce back spot where the trends go. Mm-hmm. Fine. I got gotcha. you. This total is 51 and a half then, Kev. If you are like not believing in the bounce back, right, which it sounds like right. for you because there's reasons why they look the way they did, and I respect that, then you've got to be under the team total for the Lions this week, right? This game is 51 and a half. This game at 51 and a half with three points as a spread, yeah. right? What they are telling Telling me, you know, I'm, I'm the math major. Remember, we we, we know about all that already, yep. right? So what it seems like they're telling me is like 27-24. 27-24 adds up to 51 is a three-point yep. difference. What's the team total for Detroit, and how excited are you to bet that under? I think, Dane, though, I'll, I'll just bet them under across the board. Because here's the thing with the okay. Texans. Last week we said, right, Watson, God mode, what a performance. Scored 27 points, Right. They didn't have a touchdown in the second half. Now, that's at home. How good is New England's defense at this point? I just have absolutely no idea. But if Detroit's going to hang around in this game, I do think it might be by way of being better on the defensive side of the football. 
So under okay. 51 and a half, and I mean, who wants to get their Thanksgiving started by betting an under? Not me. Certainly not yeah. the game with the highest total of the day. But I think it's the right side. Because if if this game goes over, I don't know who that favors. Does that mean that Detroit then showed up? Did it go over because the Texans dragged the total themselves and put up 30-plus? No, I'm not I think sure what we see is Deshaun Watson and Matty Stafford over 300 yards, right? It right, goes a into a back shootout. and forth. That's that's the way it happens. I don't know that I think that's going to happen. But if you're asking right. what is the path for that, it's Stafford and Watson going after it. Right. And and I don't know if I, if I trust that right now. So for me, okay. my lean – Texans, my lean, the under. So let me ask you this, though, because we've alluded to it, right? But both of these teams are banged up a little bit. Okay, uh, Galladay down. We'll find about Swift. We'll find about Amendola on the Detroit side. On the Houston side, and we usually do this on a Wednesday in a normal week, but we don't. In that game, uh, Randall Cobb went down and Kenny Stills, I believe, went down for the wide receiving mm-hmm. core, right? So, Kev, if there is, in essence, a consolidation of available weapons, right? Talk to me about the prop market. Talk to me about the touchdowns scoring market in this game i see for example adrian peterson at plus 160 if there's no swift right we're talking about him or carry on and similarly if we're talking about the houston texans without those wide receivers can i interest you in something crazy like kiki cutie at 20 to 1 to get into the end zone or something like that if players are down for these teams who's stepping up or who do you like in some of the prop markets for this game you know what's funny, though? As you bring that up, those two guys that left, right? It was at the break. Yeah. And then they scored six points in the second half. And that's even more mm. reason why I'd be interested in the under. Okay. And okay. if you're interested in an under, you're probably not jumping in the props market unless you're playing under. And I really don't like playing under the props market because it's a— What about a standard like, interception I, prop? Something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, those are— those are, the negative type of ones, yeah, right, 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 right. right? Like, I can't play Will Fuller under yards, right? When Will Fuller can go over a yards prop on one play. Same is one true play. of Brandon Cooks, right? Yep. You know, He's th- plus 130 to score at any time touchdown, by the way, Will Fuller. You like that? Six of his last does. seven games, I guess, right? The only time he didn't was, you know, in the elements in Cleveland, which, by the way, are yeah. important, and we need to remember that moving yeah. forward. It happened again with the rain, and you, you saw it with Carson Wentz, right? But Fuller's been a, a Watson and Fuller, you know, getting in the end zone have been close to certain over the last, like, two months. Oh, I mean, I've been kind of banging the table about this a little week as Will Fuller's perception needs to change. This is not Deshaun Jackson. That's not just the nine rounds. He's one of the most reliable players in the league this year. When healthy, yes. (laughs) But uh, But he's been healthy. No, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just talking about, you know, that's the other narrative around Will Fuller and his career is his availability. But he is there and he is scoring. So who do we want to back? Are there any props you do like, whether it's a touchdown score, the negative side, playing unders? Is there anybody you got your eye on specifically? I think Will Fuller, I'm going to take a long look at. I think Hawkinson as well. TJ is kind of the last man there. And he feels like in the touchdown market at the end of the day, right? I think under 51 and a half. A lot of touchdowns that could still be scored, right? And us and us be able to cash this number. You can get six to seven uh, touchdowns in that game. So for me, I think the touchdown market. You try and find your plus money. And Adrian Peterson for a throwback performance on Thanksgiving against the worst run defense in football. Yeah, for a team that might want to run football over yardage. I could buy that. 
Right. See, I see. I put it more as the touchdown scorer because if there's no mm-hmm. Swift, it's him and carry on. Right. And carry on's more the uh, in this role uh, passing right in the goal line that they would use Adrian Peterson there. So it's interesting. We got two other games to discuss. But before we get into one, uh, the night game has incredible context that we have to discuss. Right. We don't know. We're 36 hours away. And there's still the potential that the game doesn't happen, Kev, right? We've heard over the course of the last couple of days, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, it's ballooned to, I believe, five players now. Um, uh, and, you know, we're going to hear test results at some point today. And we're either going to, you know, as you've said, we're going to plow through. Or, Kev, you know, there is the potential that with more, we kind of cross a horizon here, right? Like, I mean, Tennessee crossed that horizon. I, I I know we've had entire offensive lines and almost entire defenses in Vegas, but I'm worried about, you know, they have to travel to Pittsburgh. And, and, you know, do we cross a threshold? What do you think about this game? I fundamentally believe it's going to be played. But talk to me, you know, in the high-profile Thanksgiving night network spot, um, how will they treat this? What will it look like? What will the product on the field be? And what will the narrative be around whatever decision the NFL makes here? I think everyone wants the game to be played. And I think what we've realized is – People have stopped caring uh, about the implications of pushing forward. What, what the NFL has decided to do is anybody that comes in close contact and anybody that pops positive is removed from the situation and they push forward. You and I said this right here, uh, you know, in this space. That game between the Niners and the Packers was a turning point in the NFL season yeah. where they it made it very clear. Yet. We don't cancel games anymore. Okay, you're going to go out there with that with you know key players missing. Unfortunate. I think the only thing that could cause them to stop this game had it been a quarterback that was set to miss the game. I don't think they would have wanted an RG three or Mason Rudolph taking the field. And if that was the case, I think they might have paused it. But I don't even know if that's true anymore. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if there is a number, right? Twelve, fifteen players is that too many i wonder if there is a policy if there is a number or if we're just flying by the seat of their pants we'll talk about this game as though it's going to happen when we come back on the early line sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back in here, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Like I said, the match is going to be interesting if you can grin and bear it and watch Charles Barkley banging it around for 18 holes. And it should be entertaining, at least. He certainly knows about putting the fun in functional sports content. Let's talk about this Steelers-Ravens game. We know, like... They're going to plow forward and happen. We still will see what test results look like today, right? I guess there is a potential if it gets too big. We did hear some reports that the game is on as of now, but, you know, pending more tests because if it grows, it is possible. But let's talk about this on the field, Kev. You know, over the – I would say I was always a little skeptical of the Ravens going into this season, right? I would say that over the last few weeks, you have started to sound the alarm about the Baltimore Ravens being flawed. Um, Now they face an undefeated team. Uh, But it is an undefeated team that they have a history with, that they have a rivalry with. Are you on some like, "Ah, I don't know how this compromised Ravens team gets the job done on the road? Or are you on some throw the records out the window in this slugfest? I think for me, 
I don't really want to play a side, and I'd rather mm-hmm. participate with the total. Now, I'll tell you why I don't want to play a side, though, because I can still kind of break this game down for people. You're dealing with two schools of thought. The Baltimore Ravens, the last time they played, for anybody that watched that game knows, they were the better team outside of Lamar's mistakes. Lamar's mistakes was the only reason it was close. And by the way, it was close. Lamar played his worst game, one of his worst games of the season. Against the Chiefs, there was a lot of He only threw for like 50 yards. But it was a, it was just an impossibly bad game with those turnovers. And that's why it was as close as it was. That game could have been decided by the half. Lamar spotted them a seven-point lead. And it was still 20-7 to seven at half. So can he go out there and just play some better football? Maybe. But here's the deal, Dane. I've been asking that question since they last right. played, and he's That's not right. answered that question. As far as the Pittsburgh Steelers go, there's a reason why I've been low lower on them than most. They are not an all-time team. You know, they're they're unbeaten. They are to me still not a tier one because tier one is the Chiefs on their own bracket by themselves. Pittsburgh. You know, they've got this trio of wide receivers, a splashy defense. They've got the ingredients to go out there and hang and compete and beat anybody. I understand that. But I don't believe them to be, you know, these five-point favorites. There feels like there's value on Baltimore. But I'm now not only struggling with the level of football Lamar is playing, but a really banged-up team. We obviously know they lost Ronnie Stanley in the first matchup that they played. They've been That's switching it. around the center position. The center, Elias yeah. Campbell and some of the interior defensive linemen have also found themselves out of the mix. The Baltimore Ravens are, are fighting with the Tennessee Titans before the game starts. Jim Harbaugh refusing to shake Mike Vrabel's hands. It feels like an organization that is currently losing grip of the rope a little bit on the season. But I still believe in this team. If I had to, if I was forced to make a pick on the side, I would take my five points. But I feel a little bit more confident in this game going over a low number of 45. Went over that number the first time they played. Swore 52 points in that game. And that's where I'm going to position myself in the game. But I right now can't find an angle strong enough on this side where I feel confident playing it. Maybe it'll change when we get to Thursday night. It's Wednesday, 845. Let me ask you two questions. Let me ask you two questions, right? You've had your doubts on Lamar. Right now, and I've always said, and maybe you agree with this or or not, but I've always said, what happens when the game is up to Lamar, right? When it's on him to throw, right? And you've kind of acknowledged that, you know, he hasn't performed in those spots a lot of times. Now he's down his running game also. Ingrams and Dobbins, right? If I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, which you acknowledge Splashy can make plays, right? Uh, is one of the best against the run. And now stopping the run is a slightly easier against only Gus Edwards, who I respect is a legit back, right? But isn't it more likely that we'll be in that situation where Lamar will have to put them on his back a little bit? Well, let me just say this. The first time they played, the Ravens ran the ball 47 times for 265 yards. J.K. Dobbins, 15 for 113. Gus Edwards, 16 for 87 in a score. They ran all over Pittsburgh last time. And part of that is because the run game, as much as they're missing Dobbins and Ingram, the run game still goes through Lamar Jackson. So you think they can still run the ball effectively even down their two biggest horses? As long as Lamar is there, I do believe they can still run the football. Now... As far as the, 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 the game needing to be on Lamar's arm, and this is, I guess, where I have found myself a little bit 
removed from where everybody else is. I don't believe that the conversation around Lamar right now should be can't perform in the high pressure situations, can't win a game when when you know there's two minutes left and he has to go down the oh, field. Oh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm no. saying that his skill set needs to develop to the other but elements of quarterback play. Like to me again, and it, it, it Lamar right now, over the full sixty, is not putting together performances. That like again, that's the biggest thing with this Ravens team. Is their reigning MVP at the quarterback position? It's not like he's falling apart in the key moments. He is not playing consistent football, even through the first three quarters. And that's why they find themselves in the position that they find themselves in. Like at the end of the, you know, when people used to debate, de- debate about, you know, LeBron's value, right? Like, oh, well, who do I want with five seconds left and, and the ball? And I would always say, yeah, you know what? I'd rather my guy be on the bench because the game has been decided for the past 10 minutes. Lamar and the Ravens were playing a level, Dane, where that was the case. Who cares what's going to happen in the fourth quarter? He's on the bench and RG3's taking snaps. Lamar doesn't have it going from start to finish in a lot of these games. And that's why... That's what I've been trying to get through to people here. Is This is not just a circumstantial thing with Lamar right now. It, it, it's a... Problem that starts when we hike the football. All right. Fair enough. We will see how it goes. It sounds, though, like you're on the points on this one. You know I've been higher on Pittsburgh uh, than you and then a lot uh, throughout the season, even earlier on. I'm going to tell you something, though. It's unscientific, Kev. I don't believe the Steelers go 16-0. and I just don't. Okay, so if I have to give them a loss somewhere, right, like is the division rival one a good spot for it? If they go 14 and two, I still think this is a team that's primed for the AFC championship game. Right. But I still got to find places where they do lose. And this could be just as good as any. Talk about the top of the standings. The top of the standings will have whoever wins the dinnertime game tomorrow on Thanksgiving at the top of the NFC East because they will have won the race to four wins in the division the washington football team go into jerry's world to take on the cowboys who got a big win last week and are now two and a half point favorites 46 and a half is the total let me ask you this uh we've talked a lot about you know ben denucci and andy dalton and all that stuff ezekiel elliott had his first 100 yard performance of the season last week kev is, uh, is Zeke getting fed on Turkey Day, hopping into the damn Salvation Army Bowl? Is that the path for these Cowboys? I mean, there is still Zeke Elliott in tow, right? Can't he and guys like Cooper and Gallup, can't they still kind of, with just the talent they have on that roster, still potentially carry the day? Who do you like in this one in Jerry's world? Yeah, I like, I like Dallas quite a bit. Now, I must say this. It's very important. The winner of this game will not be in first place until Philly plays. Philly's uh, tie will still have them in first no matter what happens in this game. And then they'll play Monday, and then we'll know what will happen there. Okay, but That's why I that said moment, they'll be the first to four wins in the con- in the division. You know, I know. I just want people to know this. You know, Everyone's going to say winners in first place. We'll talk Tuesday. I know it's going to happen, but I'm going to hold out until it happens. What an awful season it's been. I like Dallas, though. I do. I think Washington is fugazi. I think a lot of people are giving this team credit for that win against Cincinnati, and I think that's nonsense. They were losing 9-7 to when Burrow went out, and it probably should have been a lot more. 
They didn't sack Burrow. They sacked Finley. And that offense that is led by Alex Smith is putrid. It's so bad. I mean, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick. How these guys are fantasy viable right now? They while are, being in an offense Those are the by, three. I know. <laughs> I know. No, I know. That's the thing. How they are. Logan Thomas in there, ironically. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the tight end position's a disaster. So that's true. That's fair. Uh, how they're all still fantasy viable with Alex Smith, the quarterback, is beyond me. They are. But Dallas, look, they're coming off of the bye. As much as I think a lot of the blame is on Minnesota more than the credit is on Dallas for that result, I give them credit. That was a huge result, far more impressive than what Washington did in just knocking Joe Burrow out of a game. I'll lay the three points. I think the Cowboys are the better team, and I think the Cowboys get this job done. So let me ask you something. You know, earlier in the year, we were fading this Cowboys offense so bad, right, to the point where you were all about even the Giants scoring like 20, 30-some-odd points against them. You're talking about how now this Washington team is so bad. How do they have any fantasy viable people? Is not the Cowboys defense kind of the elixir for what ills the football team? Or do you think the Dallas defense is improving throughout the season? I don't know. I don't know. Here's why. The last two games... Well, it actually goes a little bit further back than that, doesn't it? So Dallas played Philly and put mm. together a pretty good defensive performance. I don't know what you want me to make of that. Though. Is that Dallas was, or is I mean, that Philly? Yeah, like literally, Carson Wentz literally looked like he had no idea that that game counted. Like he had no idea that that was a true, meaningful football game. Philly still somehow won and covered. Then they played the Steelers. Pretty good defensive performance. But Pitt, we all know Pittsburgh didn't show up to play slept, walk for until the fourth quarter. It's just true. And then last week they gave up 28 to Minnesota. Minnesota, again, that performance was all over the place for me. Minnesota had seven at the half. They came out. They scored at will. And then they did it on that final possession. Feels like they're getting better. I don't know how much better. It's tough to say. All right, fair enough. I will say this. The schedule smiles upon them defensively. That could even be a fantasy football playoff defense with their matchups, Philly, San Fran. We'll come back and talk more after this. Line up, the early line. How far can these Saints go this version of this offense? Because honestly, like, Drew Brees has 11 broken ribs. What do you think about this yeah. Taysom Hill-led Saints team? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We put the fun and functional sports content. I appreciate and I'm thankful for all the people who wake up early. Our folks over at LTN in Missouri, Venmo Brian pushing the buttons, my man Steve making the graphics happen, all of our guests from mid-major Matt to Joe Lisi to the raging redhead, everybody who wakes up early to get the edge with us. I hope you can see we truly enjoy uh doing this for you guys every weekend we enjoy it we are thankful and brother man i'm thankful you burned the candle at both ends to join this show and join this family bro uh, I'll, I'll tell you this dane um you are not gonna make me cry at nine in the morning <laughs> but well, this show intense, means bro no, no no i know it wasn't but I'm, a, I'm an emotional guy i'm very sappy but this show does mean a lot to me 
this pandemic, right during the middle of it, I had another job. I lost yeah, that man. job. And yeah, man. All of a sudden, here I am on this show. It's been yeah, the man. absolute best thing. All I've ever wanted is to have a daily show where I can come on here and talk sports. And I couldn't ask for a better setup from everybody behind the scenes to, of course, what you and I do here on air. It means the absolute world. When you talk about things that I'm thankful for in what has just been the absolute craziest year I think anybody has ever gone through, there yeah. are a few things that will even approach this show, and it means the absolute world. Absolutely. And you know what's funny? I talk to other people all the time who have their jobs, and, they, and it's like they've lost that community. They've lost that touch. And ironically, I have it looking into this camera every morning, right? Looking at a screen with you, joking about silly stuff, putting the fun in functional sports content. We all love it. We argue with each other. We have our ups and downs. The damn Lakers gentlemen swept the damn Blazers, right? <laughs> we didn't get a doubleheader of the Cardinals and the Tigers on game 163 or actually 59 whatever but the community that we have built all of our friends of the show everybody watching anybody who sets an alarm to get on the edge we thank you happy thanksgiving have a happy one be safe and we'll be right back here on monday to give you everything you need to win your leagues and win that cash have a good holiday happy thanksgiving